Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Friday. Happy Black Friday, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm still a little bit of a food coma. We got a special edition of the Peristyle Podcast for you today. I know it's late in the week. No USC game this weekend. So we don't have our Peristyle pregame show or anything like that. We didn't do a preview podcast, but you know, our friend Colin Cowherd, uh, you know him from Fox Sports, Follows the USC program very closely. He gave me a, a call and said, hey, you want to, you know, he didn't have to work on Thursday or Friday. So he was going to come into the studio and do a show with us. So we had him on Tunnel Vision at 2 p.m. on Friday afternoon live. He was in studio and you can check that out if you want to watch the video portion of that on YouTube. Uh, check it out. It's up on uscfootball.com as well. So a little over half hour, 35 minutes or so, Colin was talking about the program we're going to put that uh, in podcast form right here so you can listen to the audio portion of that. If you want to watch the video, like I said, you can check it out on YouTube. And then after that, uh, so I'll bring in, it'll, you'll have Keely Yor and myself talking with Colin Cowherd. He had a lot of really interesting things to say, so I'll play that for you. Then I'm going to go afterwards and answer some of the uh, questions that you guys had sent in uh, this week that we didn't really get a chance to get to on the Harvey Hyde show or on the uh, other show with uh, Dan Weber and Keely Yor that we had earlier. But if you do have any questions for us, as always, just email the show, podcast at uscfootball.com. It's a great way to do that. We get a lot of emails every week, so send them in and we'll add it to our little document and then uh, do our best to answer them. Please say who you want the question to go to, like, hey, this is for Harvey Hyde, this is for Dan Weber, if it's for me, or you could even send them in for our uh, Family Feud podcast too with uh, Keely Yor and Shotgun Sprattling. So check all those out and uh, you know direct the question to where you want it to go. Also, you can text us or call 424-254-9141 is the number. All right, let's uh, get right to that interview. So this is the portion of the, the entire show, the Tunnel Vision show we did, like I said, about 35 minutes. Right after that, we'll come back, take a quick break, and uh, I will uh, answer your questions about the USC Trojan team. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Tunnel Vision, a show brought to you by uscfootball.com. I'm your host, Keely Orr, joined by Ryan Abraham and a man who needs no introduction, Colin Cowherd. Thanks so much for joining us today. Ryan called me a media mogul. That's really something. <laughs> That's what you are. We'll go with that. I don't that. know what to call you. I guess you're a media a mogul. A sportscaster. <laughs> media mogul, sportscaster, same thing. But how are you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. How was your Thanksgiving, Ryan, Colin? It was great. Yeah, you have a good one. I moderate eating. Had a twenty-five people in the house. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, huge. Yeah, a lot of family, a lot of kids, a lot of fun. We laughed a lot. Nice. nice. I had the parents over. We had small, like seven to nine of us, and uh, deep fried a couple turkeys. So I put that on That's Twitter. Right, you do that. Yeah, you just drop nice. it in there. It was pretty good, and I uh, ate a lot. Didn't and light the house on fire. Did not. And it was raining. It's hard because usually you can do it outside in like the yard, but now you have to do it like under like the garage door because it was raining. You can't have like rain and. And really hot oil and, you know, 
frying a turkey out there. So yeah. Right. Interesting. interesting. You have to be careful. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have a modified version of the Tunnel Vision show today just because we have Colin on. Uh, we're not taking live calls. We're solely on YouTube. But this will probably be a podcast, too. So if you're listening later, thanks for doing that. But first off, Colin, I guess your overall takes of this USC football program. A lot of people have been like, Colin's really quiet. It's strange about USC. Usually you have some hot takes. But I guess what are your overall thoughts of this program now that the regular season's over? Well, I don't talk about it as much because it's not as nationally relevant. They had a lot of losses early in the year. And, you know, my job is to talk about the biggest programs in Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, uh, Alabama, obviously, Tua are huge stories. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the state of the program, you know, if, if you don't know it now, there's not much I can do to help you. I think uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a eight and four program. I don't think it's nationally relevant. Um, I don't think they'll, you know, Oregon's a classic example. They play the best team in the conference. Uh, in my view, and they get routed um, at home. Uh, they'll open with Alabama next year. That'll be uncomfortable. Last time they played Ohio State, last time they played Alabama, they struggled to beat Notre Dame. I think when they played the best coaches and the best teams, they struggled to compete, uh, although they were they were pretty good this year against Notre Dame. Uh, I thought yeah. Graham Harrell was a very uh, fortunate hire. Uh, who knows if he can stay? Texas Longhorns have interest in rebuilding some of their offensive staff, so that would not be good for USC. No. But yeah. uh, overall, I don't, I don't think I have a, a different worldview on the Trojans than any Trojan fan. Uh, this recruiting class is about as lean as I've seen, although they don't have a lot of spots available. They're in desperate need of left tackles, tackles in period. Uh, tackles period. The, the state's not going to provide a lot. No, it's, yeah. not, it's another lean year for linemen. That's a trend now in the state of California and out west. So it's a it's an eight win program. I think they finish. I thought they'd win seven or eight. They won eight. And um, you know, I I didn't have a problem with Clay Helton being initially hired. Uh, he does not feel like he can take them to the next level. Uh, I think the level he's taken them to is about this kind of eight, nine win program, which I think for most Pac-12 teams is great. But I think USC has a different standard. Yeah. Now, you, along with our buddy of the show, uh, Bruce Feldman, both are hearing that Clay Helton is set to return. Now, nothing is official yet. What do you think that will do to the program if they have another year of Clay Helton? Well, he would be a lame duck coach again because you'd be sitting and waiting to see if he can win nine or ten games. Uh, if they get beat badly by Alabama, uh, that, that turns off fans. Yeah. Uh, they have some tough in-conference road games. Um, you know, I, I, I'm hearing they're going to retain him, and now there's always the possibility that one of the two or three big boosters throws a fit, and that can change things. But you have a new president. You've got a new athletic director. Um, I don't think I'm being told neither one wants to make a massive move. Um you know, so uh, again, I, my my prediction on if that happens is a loss to Alabama. People are going to grumble. A couple of tough Pac-12 road losses, an eight-win team next year, and we're back here again. Yeah. Hopefully, not bailing water on recruiting because next year they're going to have lots of slots available. Uh, and clearly, in the state of California, the top 25 players, I think they have a commitment from one, a receiver, maybe two. Uh, they've lost their connectivity to California recruiting, which is their soul for recruiting. So yeah. I don't have a lot of great news. I mean, the program is good enough. They played very well at the end of the season outside of Oregon. But I think USC beating Pac-12 teams not named Oregon in shootouts is sort of understood as the minimum you would do. Yeah. 
Now, if you have a question for Colin, put it in the chat. I'll be sure to read it a little bit later. Now, Colin, that's not – if USC fans are tuning in, I think they're pretty depressed after hearing what you had to <laughs> We're say We're just going to schedule you for the same time <laughs> next year. <I> <laughs> yeah. So, in your mind, what's the point of bringing Clay Hilton back if we're going to be here at the same time next season talking about the same thing? Is is it worth the stability if you you don't really have stability going forward? Well, I mean, is it is it worth it? Um, I, again, I thought Clay was the right person to hire at the time. Whittingham at Utah and Clay were my choices. They needed a grown-up in the room. Uh, you'd had young, talented recruiters, but not kind of, you know, Lane and Sark didn't have sort of the, the stability, I thought, or perhaps the maturity to be head coaches. And so he was a grown-up, knew the program, knew recruiting. <clears throat> I think the first couple of years, uh, it was on good footing. Um, Sam Darnold provided a lot of the heroics against better teams. And I think, uh, you know, this happens a lot in coaching. I think we've kind of hit a ceiling at USC. We, you know. I think, That's Colin. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think USC sort of hit a ceiling. And, um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't sense the urgency. Uh, Lynn Swan didn't sense it. The no. new AD doesn't sense it. Uh, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time, if you don't care about something, then I'm not going to care. If you don't want to play basketball passionately, then why am I taking you to practice? So if USC doesn't care, if they don't see the urgent need for some changes, uh, my takeaway is, all right, it's your program. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just an, I'm an outsider, uh, connected, but an outsider. So, um, you know, my, my guess is next year, it's going to be more of the same. Austin Jackson's going to be the second tackle taken in the NFL draft. Maybe third, probably second. Uh, they don't. <clears throat> they don't really have a replacement for him. That's a key position. Um, I think they. I think their offensive line. I think USC knows exactly what their problem is in house. They need to get bigger and stronger. They're fine at receiver. Uh, they're actually very good at receiver. They're fine at corner. They're good at quarterback. They're good enough at running back. Uh, safeties are fine. They just don't in the on that line. They just don't have the kind of players that a Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU. Um, Ohio State, they don't have those kind of players. Yeah. The, the point you made earlier is something we hear from fans a lot where they're saying it doesn't seem like the administration cares about winning as much as the fans do. And fans will come in and like, obviously the number one priority is for this team to win a national championship, right? And you're like, well, that's not really the way the athletic department has been acting. I mean, <clears throat> fans have become almost apathetic towards this where if it seems like they're giving up when it doesn't seem like USC is fighting as hard as they would like them to fight for things. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's not like the program's in disarray. It's going to go eight and four. Uh, they could win a bowl game. Um, but there's a, a standard at USC. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and again, I like Clay. I thought he was the right guy to hire. But I said this, I think, last year or the year before on the show. I think <laughs> it's fairly apparent that the uh, the program's clearly hit a ceiling. So, uh, I mean, what would happen if Graham Harrell left this offseason and Texas overpays for him? You know, there's the savior. I thought he was, to a large degree, in the last six or seven weeks, made the team much more creative and much more entertaining to watch. So, I, you know, I wish I had better news to report. I don't. Uh, it's one of the reasons I, uh, the irrelevance of the program and sort of, you know, I just don't want to be a hammer to a nail constantly. There's, what, what can I say that's not repetitive and redundant? Um, I, I think the program's hit a ceiling. Yeah. Now, when it comes to USC's offense, we had you on the show preseason, and you were skeptical about the air raid. You seem to be a, a Graham Harrell fan now. What's your take after seeing this program for a season? Well, I mean, the air raid can make you really finesse, and I think USC is too finesse right now to begin with. Um, that's why they can't stack up. 
against you know superior programs with better line play. Uh, I thought it was entertaining, and and the sport is making a move to it. I mean, football changes rapidly. Look at the NFL. I mean, between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, yeah. I mean, overnight it feels like you can't have a pocket quarterback anymore. Uh, in college football, LSU can't stop anybody, and Alabama couldn't stop LSU. I mean, did you ever think LSU, LSU and Bama five years ago played? It was six to three. Yeah. You know, now it's <laughs> it's forty two thirty eight. So the sport changes. And uh, the air raid, maybe it's here to stay. I, I, I'd like to see a more kind of balanced attack, but it worked. Um, you know, it didn't, didn't work terribly well early in the season. I don't think it, it, it creates the sort of physicality within a program that you want. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, if you go back and look at the last two or three great programs out of the Pac-12, Washington in the early 90s, the reason they could beat elite teams from the South or anywhere was because of their line play. They had NFL yeah. guys all over their line. Best D lineman in the country at the time, Steve, Steve Entman. Steve Entman, yeah, he was great. If you look at when USC with Pete Carroll could compete, it wasn't because our the receivers at USC or quarterback were good. They're always fine. It was because the line play. There was four NFL offensive linemen, three or four defensive linemen. Yeah. So, and there's also something happening on the West Coast. This is a theory of mine. Doesn't mean it's right. Uh, I would kind of call it the, the green plate dilemma. Mm. Um, health and wellness is exploding around the country, especially out west. Uh, more moms are vegans, husbands supporting moms, eating better. The plates are greener. Uh, Interesting. It, and the players are getting smaller on the lines. So what's happening is you're getting a lot of 275-pound offensive and defensive, especially offensive linemen out west, forcing coaches to speculate, can yeah. they play at 320? Yeah. You miss on a lot of those kids. Players are getting, linemen are getting smaller out west. Uh, you know, we're not doing meatloaf out here. We're, we're not. It's not the gravy. It's not the no. biscuits like you see in Texas and the south. Again, I would call it the green, green plate dilemma. Health and wellness is taking over. Kids are shrinking. Also, um, the West tends to be pretty progressive on on a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, what you're noticing clearly out West is there's millions of receivers available, not many running backs and offensive linemen. This is yeah. a four- to five-year trend. Why? Because California kids are smart. The money's in the quarterback play. The money's in the wide receivers. Uh, running backs can't get a second contract in the NFL. Wide receivers, you sign early to a third. So, you know, between players shrinking, between – I mean, go look at the rivals next year, California top 100 players. I swear to God, there must be 35, 40 receivers. <laughs> you know, six offensive linemen again. So I think these are all things that if I was to hire a USC coach, the first thing I would get him is a round-trip tickets to Houston once a week. Uh, round trip tickets to Atlanta. Um, uh, the, the, the players are shrinking. USC looks smaller. They're not as finesse. You add the air raid to that with the green plate dilemma. Again, just a theory on mine. I sure. watch recruiting. I watch the size. I watch. I watch what's happening around the country. So I think there are some issues here. I don't think all of them are solvable with the current staff. But you know, there it is. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. How do you fix that, given that USC is struggling already with recruiting? They can't even really get rec recruits to stay in California, let alone if you're going to go outside the green plate zone, if you will. Yeah. You have to go to the to the East Coast. How do you do that if you're this current staff? Yeah, they're not struggling with all recruiting. Again, um, safeties, corners, sure. backs, quarterbacks, you know, they're good. Um, you know, I, it, to me, 
uh, it's a tough situation because Clay Helton may be extended for a year, but in the coaching community is their belief that he's going to get a five-year extension. So how good are the staffs? Tr- Tim Drevno uh, was kind of let go at Michigan. He's available. Um, unless you just paid a fortune, can you get elite coordinators currently? Uh, I think that'd be very hard. So what happens when a coach, any coach, is uh, in the eyes of the coaching community, not a rock solid, you're often your best coaching staff is the first year of a new coach. Yeah. Uh, because he can go in and say, we've all got jobs, move your families cross-country for five years, we're, we're in the money. Now it's very difficult to ask a coach who is uh, employed and has multiple options, hey, come out here to Southern California, be the defensive coordinator, and you're thinking to yourself, at max, I'm going to get a two-year contract. I don't want to move my kids there. Yeah. So it's very difficult. I don't think the staff overall is elite. I think Clay's always been loyal, sometimes to a fault. Um, they're fun. They've got some nice players coming back. They'll win some games. Uh, but I, I think it's very difficult to, at this point, create a world-class five-star standard coaching staff with some of the, the speculative nature of Clay's future. One of the things of winning those games you're talking about, the Pac-12 to me, it's been, you know, there's been some good teams. I think Oregon's good. I think Utah's good. You know, they have flaws. Uh, USC is like the third, you know, number three team in the conference, which is kind of crazy. The rest from four to 12 are almost interchangeable. Have you seen it where it's, there's some good things and some bad things. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of great teams outside of the couple that are at the top. Yeah. I mean, I think Washington next year, uh, they've had, this year's a good recruiting class for the Huskies last year. I think Washington, Oregon, and Utah again next year will be good teams. Uh, Utah pull back. Um, you know, I think the Pac-12s always needed USC. I mean, let's say USC right now was a Ohio State-level program. Well, Oregon would be a very good second team. Utah, an excellent third team. Yeah. So it, the, the conference has always been led. You know, it's like a pitching staff. You know, if you, if you have an ace on your pitching staff, um, you know, the different – he makes a one, a two, a two, a three, a three, a four. Yeah. When Kershaw's in his prime – and you push everybody back down, then Rich Hill becomes a very good four-starter. If Rich is a three or a two, it's not as good a staff. So, you know, I think when you have USC leading the conference and then the Washington, Oregons, and Utahs can fall back, I think it's a very, very compelling, uh, not the SEC quite, but it's a very compelling conference. We see USC winning like five of the last six, but, you know, none of those teams had winning records. It was just kind of like... USC still out-talents everybody. And in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah, in the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's sort of like, that's what a lot of fans are saying. Like, yeah, the USC didn't really finish that strong. If, if Jaden Daniels plays for ASU, they probably lose that game. Um, it was, you know. Zach plus, Moss in Utah. Yeah, Zach Moss in Utah. So, right. yeah, there's, I think that's what some of the fans are complaining yes. about is like, USC still, you know, a mediocre USC is still better than most of the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, that's just you, you, almost every year of my life. I mean, that Washington in the early 90s was really, really talented. Um, but by and large, last 30 years, um, you know, Dennis Erickson had an Oregon State team that had a lot of NFL oh, guys. Oh, that was fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ocho Cinco and uh, TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah, you have TJ on your show a lot. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. Hey, I like him. He yeah. does a great job. Nice yeah. guy. So, I mean, there, there are occasional teams that are, you know, they, that are really good. Um, yeah, they beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Like, yes, that's crazy. Yeah. Yes. That's the largest bet I've ever placed on a game. 
Oregon yeah. State game. You want to hear my story? Sure. Let's Let's go go. So this, this was back. <laughs> this when is like two thousand or something. I forget. This was back when cell phones were like bar stools. They were these giant things. Remember, they were big and gray. Like yeah. they, it was, totally, was, totally remember that. So it was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I had uh, I covered Oregon State, and my rules always been I never bet games that I'm you know going to cover. So I, I covered Oregon State, and they played Notre Dame. And the Notre Dame team I'd watched on TV four or five times was not a great team. So the Oregon State team that I did cover, I think they were an underdog by like six or seven. And I, oh, was, wow. I was just like, okay. And I knew Oregon <laughs> State. I've always been into mock drafts and NFL draft stuff. I knew Oregon State had a bunch of NFL guys. So I go down to the field for um, warm-ups, right? I'm doing like live shots or something. And uh, I just watch Oregon State warm up and I watch Notre Dame. And I call a friend of mine in Las Vegas and I said, how much do you have in your bank account right now? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, I would bet all of it on Oregon State to route Notre Dame. I said, this is a, these are not the same level athletes. I mean, I was just watching the, or, you know, I was watching Ocho Cinco and uh, you know, Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada. And I was watching these guys and I'm like, oh, these guys are going to, this is going to be trouble. And so I told, and he told me the number and I said, well, bet all of it, I'll cover you. <laughs> I, 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 so I said, bet all of it. I'll cover you. We'll split it. And uh, they won by a route. So no. um, it was, in fact, Oregon State won so convincingly. They were showboating at the end of the game. I think Chad Johnson dropped a ball outside of the end zone on a long touchdown. He dropped it at like the one. Oh, and they, they took the touchdown away. I, I don't remember what exactly. Yeah. I remember that play, though. But um, anyway, the, the point being, USC generally does have the best talent. I, I think next year, outside of uh, left and right tackle, now there is the transfer portal, uh, yeah. and I've uh, I've been told USC is actively looking through the transfer portal for a couple of offensive line, um, not acquisitions, transfer yeah transfer. And it so. worked with Drew Richmond this yeah. year, he, and and if they don't, he's going to the Senior Bowl, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. He is. And if they're um, you know if they don't get a great recruiting class, you don't necessarily need to fill it up because you keep those open spots. There's usually do, mm. you know good players in the portal that. Yeah. They don't have a spot, and uh, Illinois did a good job of that. They kept open spots instead of recruiting because they couldn't recruit well, and they get a bunch of USC players, some other players, and it's uh, you know they've won a bunch of games this year. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's and not what you expect USC to have to do, but I guess if you're desperate, you can. Yeah, do it. I mean, well, I think the teams out west are all struggling with offensive and defensive line talent. I, I don't. I think it's um, now the advantage is Stanford can recruit nationally, but so you know because of their academics, but so can so can USC, and I and I think with the, this current staff, it's almost like they see. Utah as Georgia, like they stop recruiting at Utah. And I think you have to go, I think you have to go into the South and Houston, Atlanta and Houston, Atlanta have really good high school football programs. A high school football coach, I was told in Houston can make $150,000 plus a car. Same in Atlanta. Those are good coaches. Those are big time jobs. high school. High school. Wow. Excellent coaching at the Houston high school level. Excellent coaching at the top programs in the Atlanta level. Now, Florida doesn't pay like that. I've covered Florida high school football. The coaching's not very good. But it's excellent in Texas. Excellent in Georgia. And uh, you got to go to those states and, uh, you know, have con connectivity with those uh, high top high school programs. Because it doesn't take much to figure out. Just watch. Just go watch all the recruiting sites. There's not a lot of beef. Denver West. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. He, Drew Richmond's going to the Shrine Bowl. Shrine, Shrine Bowl. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, we have a question on Facebook from Griffin who says, Colin, if you were Mike Bone, USC's newest athletic director, what would you do with the USC football program? 
If I was the athletic director, yeah. you are now deemed. Is that on YouTube? Director. It's on YouTube, right? Yes. Not Facebook. Uh, That's a Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I there's there's a handful of top coaches I would uh, connect with, and and you know I would I would uh, negotiate out of the current situation, and I would probably go to a James Franklin, who I think plays big, excellent recruiter. That'd probably be my coach. Um, it's not going to happen, but th- that's a name that's that's out there. Uh, Matt Rule at Baylor's doesn't have the personality of James Franklin, but he's well thought of. Um, you know, it's it's tough. I like Clay, um, but uh, I also think nothing I'm saying is a, a revelation. Um, this is all fairly obvious, and uh, you know, I have friends inside the program that I root for. Um, and I, I am told that the recruiting class, as, as it's seen now, will get better over the next couple of weeks. So there's, there'll be some uh, quality signings, commitments on the early signing date. But I just don't think the program right now is where most people want it. And I think it's a very competitive Los Angeles market. LeBron's in town. Kawhi's in town. Two NFL teams in town. LAFC's good. The Dodgers are always good. You know, this is a, this is a program where people have options in Los Angeles. Yeah. Mention Mike Trout because she's an Angels fan. So <laughs> Mike <whatever>. Trout. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I think this is a very distracted market. And if you're not good, uh, you get beat by 28 points against Alabama or 30, you're going to lose people day one. So it's uh, you've got to be aggressive in this market. Yeah. I think it's what you said is, is what frustrates a lot of the fans is because you're like, I'm not saying anything profound. It's fairly obvious. I mean, you rarely yet. do we see a fan base. It's usually split. It's usually right. like... I, half of them hate Kiffin, half of them love him, you know. And then after a while, they start to, you know, go. It's it's moved so much that the the quote unquote sunshine pumpers are there's not many. There's some left that are just like, hey, Clay can work, but it's like ninety five percent or more of fans that just don't want him anymore. It's cra- we've never seen it like this. Well, I, I, again, I would say this: the most talented people in any industry have lots of options. So what really talented defensive coordinator is going to take a USC job now, not knowing if Clay's back for a, after next year? He's not. He's yeah. going to go with a new staff or somebody that he can get a three- or four-year contract. So the staff right now are, are pl- guys who have been fired, uh, guys who are on the street. Um, you know, it, it's not to say that, that the program doesn't have some capable people. Now, Colin, a name you didn't mention earlier is a name that USC fans have kind of built up to be the savior of the program, should Clay Helton be fired, Urban Meyer. Where do you stand on that whole uh, prospect? A, I don't know if Urban Meyer wants to coach again. I know Urban pretty well. Um, I don't know if he wants to coach again. I don't know if USC's president or athletic director would be interested. Um, He's really good on TV, like really good. He's really good, yeah. He's really good. TV money is easy money. Not for me, for him. I have to be on every day. It's not, not easy money. Sure. Um, no, I mean, he's, he's really good on TV. Uh, so for him, I think it would have to be, by the way, he loves my green plate theory. Oh, he does. Yeah, mm. he thinks there's he, some validity when, in it. He's so smart. Like he went on like with Buck, your buddy Bucky Brooks and our friend uh, Daniel Jeremiah. It's like a PhD in football. Like you he's, listen to him yeah. talk, and you're like, "Oh my God, he knows so much!" Like yes. he'd be an amazing. Yeah, whatever I mean, he's doing. listen. There's no. There's most super successful people aren't lucky. And when you're successful at six different jobs or five different programs, Urban's really bright, yeah. and he just understands. He understands the room. He, he and Nick Saban are the best college coaches of my life. Pete, I mean, for, for an extended period, um, Pete wasn't in it long enough, but um, I, I don't think. 
I don't know if USC would be interested. I'm not sure he'd be interested. Urban's obviously the best coach on the market he, he, for the foreseeable future. The next 10 years, you know, how old's Urban? 58? Uh, I think so, like 58, 59. <clears throat> so let's say, let's say he'd be willing to consider a job for the next five years. He's going to be the best available coach. There's nobody else out there that's better than him. No. Uh, so he's an A-list recruiter. You know, it's interesting about what's happened to college football. Um, you have the transfer portal, and you have now an early signing period. So nobody has a life anymore. And it's, <laughs> the sport is not that attractive, perhaps. This is speculation on my part. But if you're Urban Meyer, <clears throat> you've got a nice net worth. You've got your house in Florida. You, it, it's, you've got a nice job at Fox Sports. It's not like it used to be. You have two recruiters. You have to literally, you're on the phone the second the season ends with a sophomore in high school. Is that where you want to be? So does Urban want to do that? You have to really take a deep breath now. The transfer portal, you bring guys in. They're walking out constantly. Players are now leaving earlier to the NFL. It's hard to keep quarterbacks. They want to play immediately, and they're gone immediately. Um, it's it's not – I don't think it's as good a job as it was five to six years ago. I really don't. I think the early uh, signing period is going to push a guy like Nick Saban out two or three years earlier. If you if you want to assume that – just for the sake of argument, say the job opens for USC yeah. and say Urban would like to return to college coaching. Oh, he'd where, consider it. Where would you put – USC as far as open or like if, if Notre Dame was in there or Texas or where, like where would USC be like ranked as far as like those kind of jobs? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 and I've told, I've told people this. I think I told, I may have told Urban this. I said, I don't think USC is as good a job as it was 10 years ago. I said, the kids are shrinking. Uh, more kids out West are bailing on football. Uh, the line play, you have to leave the region. Uh, if you really want to get world-class players, you don't have to leave the South. Uh, is it a top seven or eight program? I'm not sure it is. Wow. It's really, really expensive in Los Angeles. Silicon Valley has made California so wealthy. It's egregiously wealthy. None of your coaches. I mean, where can they live? Uh, it's hard to get a great staff. Um, I don't know if you – I don't know if they're – I don't know. You know, Los Angeles – and New York City, with the explosion of tech money, um, are they really built for college sports anymore? I can make an argument, no. Interesting. Um, it, it's how do you get a staff? How do you, what, what is, I mean, you say to yourself, okay, we'll pay our running back coach 375000 In Tuscaloosa, in Knoxville, uh, that's a lot of money. Here, it's, you're renting perhaps. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a different world. So um, I think it's a good job. But um, it's complicated. I, I was told that by a trustee at USC in the last couple of days. It's the clay situation's complicated. Um, Interesting. Um, it, it, it is. It is. You've got to. You'd have to write a big check. Um, it's not easy. It's you know. Lynn Swan extended the contract. Um, smart move or not so smart. Move. I think it wasn't, wasn't one of the great executive Sorry. decisions. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, um, so, you know, and it's hard to say because I do like Clay. I think he's a great human being. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, – I don't know if USC is quite the job. Boy, when you get a job, you know, you get a job at University of Florida. Everybody in the building knows. Win football games. All costs. Junior college, fringe academics. Everybody's in. No state tax. I don't have to pay every coach. 
have to overpay for every coach. It's a dream job for a lot of Southern coaches, offensive coordinator at Florida, linebacker coach at Florida, uh, USC. You got to open the wallet. That's why it's complicated. Um, it's so you have this convergence of the cost of what it is to live in Los Angeles in California now. It's exploded. And then you have you'd have to write a big check to replace Clay Helton, a, you know, 15, 20 million dollar check. So how many times can you go to the boosters? So it's it's a complicated situation. The one interesting thing, if you're a USC fan pulling for Urban Meyer, I think the unique challenge for him would be winning a third championship or a, a, a championship at a third. It's like school. LeBron. It's like LeBron. <laughs> like trying you to win the Lakers and win a third. It kind of puts you at a class nobody's ever been in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think for USC, as far as competition goes, if you make USC good, it's probably easier to win a championship than almost anywhere else. Now that, you don't have Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. or yeah. LSU to your Alabama or anything like that. Yeah, no, I think um, I think that's true. I, I think Ohio State and USC are very comparable is that when you're really rolling, <clears throat> you just have better personnel than anybody in your conference. Um, I mean, you, you look at, uh, like, by the way, Clemson right now feels like Pete Carroll's Trojans. <laughs> I mean, they don't have, nobody can compete in that conference. Yeah. So, but at the SEC, it is harder. The Big 12, um, you know, the Big 12 isn't that deep, but because of the style of the play, you know, you go on the road to a Lubbock or a TCU, and you're spreading the ball out, and you wake up, and you're down 28-7. to seven. Like, what happened? Yeah. yeah, I mean, every game's a shootout. So Oklahoma's job, you know, in, outside of the SEC, generally speaking, there's four or five programs. You know, you know Clemson's very lucky because Florida State's in the tank. If you look at the history of Florida State and Miami, they should be giving a big pushback to Clemson. They're not. They're not. Yes. So um, Oklahoma usually has the Texas game, and then, you know, little Oklahoma State TCU pushback, they can roll. So I, I think I think it is USC when they're rolling. And, and, and again, it's not – the program is not in rebuild mode. It, there's a lot of talent here, wide receivers – uh, some spectacular wide receivers, defensive backs. Um, you know, there there are some players here, but it's a, it's a program that needs to get bigger and stronger. And I just I don't see fundamentally those players in the program right now. Jay Tuafeli is very good. Uh, if you're a Trojan fan, you cross your fingers that he doesn't leave early. If he leaves early, they lose their best defensive lineman and Austin Jackson, their best left tackle. And I don't think they have somebody in uh, in, in the room to replace either. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something that Ryan talks about a lot is that if uh, Clay Helton is retained, I know USC fans are on the edge of their seats, you'll kind of lose uh, USC fans for life. Now, I know that's kind of a hyperbole, but what do you expect from USC fans? Because it seems like apathy is at an all-time high from the fan base. I don't I don't know. That's a, life is a long time. Yep. Lose, losing people for life. Yes. Um, doesn't everybody hook up with their high school girlfriend on Facebook 30 years later? <laughs> You know, I mean, so is that a proven fact? No, it's just like that, <laughs> Facebook, you go back and talk to people. I mean, I it, we all, you know, we all have fond memories. Uh, I think if you grew up loving USC, it'll reel you back. You'll come in. back. It, but they, it, I do feel like people have drifted away. And uh, oh no, there's I mean, a, for the USC UCLA game, that was not a full house. There no, was no. no. It was, Listen, it's it's this is a this is not Tuscaloosa. Yeah. You know, when Pete Carroll was here, there was no NFL teams. We're not only going to have an NFL teams two of them we have this remarkable stadium that's going to be state-of-the-art and steve ballmer's going to build his and Kawhi and lebron and paul george and ad and and this market is now and you didn't have the lafc yeah. i'm a season ticket holder of that nice. so i have so many choices we, you've always competed against the beach and the shopping and the mountains <laughs> and, the, and the lifestyle but now you got two nfl teams a soccer team 
So apathy, uh, you have to be good in Los Angeles. That's the challenge. You have to be good. And USC is, the standard for USC is here, and right now they're here. And so they just don't, you can talk yourself out of going to a lot of games unless you're a diehard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All righty. We want to be respectful of your time, Colin. But any final thoughts, anything we didn't cover that you'd like to say? Um, next time, I would like, you got to get a coffee maker in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Agreed. Ryan Ryan doesn't, folks. Ryan eats, literally gets up in the morning and eats <laughs> candy bars. No, that's not <laughs> You like you like desserts. He loves desserts. I don't eat desserts much, and I love coffee. And Ryan, now there's I like Gatorade. Gatorade, it's good for you. It's not a sponsor for it. But it would be nice if you could. If you're bringing me all the way down here to Redondo, if you could have a nice cup of Joe, a steaming. Uh, we have a microwave. I brought Keely leftovers of yeah, my you didn't Thanksgiving. Bring Colin leftovers. I, well, he, he's, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, Redondo is not a great. Now. Yeah, she is vegan. Now. I'm not. Okay, so you still see the new. So you guys could check it out. Herd burger. Herd burger is pretty awesome. It and is. so he was telling me about. Uh, we went to the grand opening. The burger was really good. Um, it's in Delamo Mall. Delamo. It's called a uh, brew hall. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But the. The ice cream sandwich might be like the, you know, that could be like the, the best <laughs> part of it. It's it so good. Yeah, we had, that's our number one seller. No, that's been great. Um, that wasn't just for me, right? You knew I no, like those things. No, okay. no, it's the Blue Hall, uh, Delamo uh, shopping area and um, East Circle Drive. It's been great. It's fun. I go there all the time. So I go, I take my kids all the time. The burgers are great. The Herd Burger, the Wise Guy Salad and the ice cream, boom, boom, boom out of this world it's really good we're gonna do we've talked about doing a like a usc meet and greet gathering event we there, have so. talked about that again so. uh if you get a coffee maker in here maybe why <laughs> i would commit to that <laughs> all right we'll get a coffee maker. so now this is on youtube right yes. yeah youtube we'll put a podcast up a little bit later so too. it's youtube and there'll be a podcast yeah. so okay i just want to know where i'm at yeah, yeah. Where in the galaxy uh, in the am I? <laughs> so you're not doing your show. So you didn't do your show today. No, right? I get a, I get a Thanksgiving break. So they don't put me on Thanksgiving because uh, they put the other two shows before me on. But by the time I come on, the NFL game's on. Mm. Uh, so okay. I'd be competing against the Fox NFL game. You know, it's going to destroy your audience. Then Friday I take off. It's kind of the midway point for me in the football season. Fox has the Super Bowl this year. Uh, FS1, we're up 30% this year. FS1 still growing like crazy. That's great. Fox Sports Radio shows growing like crazy. I, I'm very lucky. At knock on wood, I've got great bosses, great support, incredible staff. Uh, most fun I've ever had in my life. Hopefully I can do it for another 10, 15 years. So, again, if you commit to coffee, I'll give you these kind of Damn. rambling <laughs> sort of – career updates so this Love is it. the kind of guy colin is it's his day off he doesn't have to talk sports and he like texts me like hey we should talk some sports <laughs> so like, well it's a like you want to do it on your day off. it's a holiday edition yeah. i'm only yeah. 15 minutes down the road <laughs> and you let me talk about fox sports and herd burger so, so yeah good. of course perfect. a perfect trade really quick someone wants to know uh what round do you think michael pittman's gonna go Oh, that's a good – I love the mock drafts. I know you do. <laughs> so I like Michael Pittman a lot. I think Austin Jackson's the second-best tackle. Um, there's a tackle out of Georgia um, that I think is the best tackle. I think Austin's really athletic, so he'll go mid-first round. There's about three really good tackles. Uh, I think Austin's the second or third best, so he'll go mid-first round. Uh, I was just talking to a scouting director last week, and he was asking me – we both agree it's the best wide receiving core I ever remember coming into the NFL. There's there's like wow. 35 receivers that you could make an <laughs> argument are draftable. 
Uh, and I told him, I said, Michael Pittman is a really unique – I would love to see Sam Darnold and the Jets get him because they have two third-round picks. I think he'll probably go because there are so many wide receivers. I think people will wait on them. You know, you have very few good offensive linemen, maybe 8 to 10. So those guys will get gobbled up perhaps, although most of them are second and third-round talents. Uh, I, if I was the New York Jets and I could figure out my offensive line with the first couple picks – uh, early third round, Sam Darnold, uh, uh, I would get Michael Pittman. I think he's an early third pick. He's strong. His dad was strong. He runs angry. He's hard to tackle. He's strong. Yes. Uh, he's faster than you think. Uh, he's got a big, durable body. That's an NFL body. Um, you know, he'll clean up his routes, you know, um, but he's, I think he's a really interesting player. I like him a lot. He's, he just, he is an aggressive, you know, his dad had some great years in Tampa. His dad, and his dad was tough. Did you cover him then? Or when uh, you were Tampa? No, but his dad was, in fact, I was talking about this to a um, GM about two days ago about Pittman. And I said, you remember his dad? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I remember his dad. His dad was tough. And Michael Pittman's tough. So I think he's a really interesting player. I like him a lot. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Colin, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Did I tell you about a coffee maker? Yes. <laughs> we'll people stay on him about that coffee maker. Yes, thank you. they're going to now. They're going to tell yep. like, get a coffee Colin's maker. Colin's getting right. things done. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We'll be back on Sunday. We might know more about this whole situation, yeah. so make sure you tune in. We will know you, where USC's on... bowling, I think, at the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. Maybe Clay Helton, too. We'll see. Make sure you tune in 7 p.m. on Sundays. But that's going to wrap it up. That's Ryan. That's Colin. I'm Keely. We'll see you all on Sunday. Bye. Okay, that was our Total Vision show from Friday, November 29th. Hope you enjoyed that, the interview with uh, Keely, myself, and Colin Cowherd. We're going to take a quick break, come right back, and I'll answer your questions heading into this final weekend of the regular season. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. I want to tell you about my bookie. Hope you guys got to take advantage of that awesome bet, the no-lose bet for the Lions game. Did you watch that? It was actually a pretty good game uh, on Thanksgiving. So if you won the bet, congratulations. Now you can go shopping on Black Friday with a little extra money. And if you did not, it's okay. You get your money back. So you can still do a little shopping on Black Friday or place another bet. The good thing with MyBookie is they've been awesome to us over the last couple of years. What you do is go to MyBookie.ag. When you deposit any money down there, up to 1000 bucks, they're going to double it. So you instantly double your bankroll, and you can have a lot of fun making some bets. You can make small bets. You can make big bets. 
all over the place, college football, the NFL. This is the last weekend of the regular season in college football, so some great opportunities there. I'm actually, while we're recording this, watching the Apple Cup, and Washington State's looked pretty good, and now Washington's been uh, pouring it on a little bit. So I had the Washington State side of that one, but not the, the best bet for me, but there's some really good Pac-12 uh, games coming up this weekend. Then we'll find out about the Pac-12 championship game and all of that, and of course, uh, the weekend after the championship game, we'll know the bowl seed, the bowl p- predictions and all that, the bowl selections, not predictions at this point. Right now, we're looking at like USC is going to the either the Alamo or the Holiday, unless 28.5 point uh, favorite Utah somehow loses to Colorado, then USC gets to play in the Pac-12 championship game. So that'll be interesting. But um, yeah, make sure you go to mybookie.ag. Uh, they'll double your first deposit, like I said. Use promo code Peristyle to activate the offer. So go to mybookie.ag, promo code Peristyle, and uh, you'll activate your offer. Whatever you deposit, they will double it up to a thousand bucks. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Um, last episode, if you remember, I went on a couple of rants, I guess you could say. Um, some questions came in that I was uh, didn't really agree with the takes. And you know, at the end, I apologize. Maybe it was a little too harsh on our, a couple of our uh, listeners. And uh, one of them was our buddy, Curtis from Reno Valley. As you know, he's a uh, very optimistic uh, listener, um, you know, USC fan, which is great. Good to see the optimism there. I'm going to play you his uh, latest voicemail, or he calls me out a little bit, and then I'll talk about it. Here you go. Hey Ryan, uh, just heard your rant. This video, this uh, is a little shorter. So I just believe because I've heard you say that the recruits don't know if Clay's going to be there or not. They love him, but they don't know if he's even going to be there. Why would any kid go to any school if they don't know if the coach is going to be there? So my thought was stability and the kids knowing that he's going to be there, then they'll come because it's USC, because they have a stable coach, and because they love the man so much. And you guys on that soapbox, I haven't heard Urban Meyer recently, but you guys are damn near pumping sunshine. You want a coach to come that you don't even know if he's interested in the job. Sunshine pumping. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Curtis, call it a sunshine pumpers. I love it. Let's start with that one first, the Urban Meyer stuff. Now, you heard from Colin Cowherd earlier in the segment. He knows uh, Urban really well. He has him on his show all the time. I told you guys in the War Room, if you guys make sure you check out the War Rooms, uh, usually on Friday, we did it Thanksgiving this week, inside stuff. But I had talked to Colin and kind of put what he's in there. I've tried to talk to Colin about Urban before. Uh, we talk fairly often and it just has been kind of pretty short from what he's been saying. And you get a, you know, a, I think you can hear exactly what he thinks about Urban Meyer earlier in this podcast. And I don't think talking about the best coach available is pumping sunshine. USC has not gone out since 1925 when they hired Howard Jones and got the best coach available. Now, some of those coaches worked out. A lot of them did not. Um, I think it's, for USC, it's a prime opportunity to go out and get the best man available. Yes, 
Curtis, sometimes when you try to hire someone that's really good at their job, you don't know if they're interested. USC has been hiring people that you know are interested. That's what you have to avoid. Stop getting the people you know you can get. Try to get the people you're not sure you can get. Try to get them because they're really good. Why why would they maybe say no? Because they're the best at what they do. And they have a lot more options. Urban is amazing on television. He, Like Colin said, he could just do that. And there's a lot less stress than when you're being head coach. And he's got the health concerns. I mean, he might not be able to coach just for health reasons. There's a lot of reasons there. That doesn't stop you. That shouldn't stop you from going out and trying to get the best. He's the best. It's hands down. There's no question. You're not pumping sunshine just by talking about the guy who's the best. If you, you're hiring for a job, uh, you know, you work for a law firm and there's three candidates and one of them's clearly the best, but you're not sure if they're interested. Do you not talk to them? Because, well, I don't even know if he's interested. Well, he's the best candidate or she's the best candidate. Go talk to them and see if they are. So I don't think that's pumping sunshine at all. As far as the stability, no, I, I think, I mean, that's an interesting point, Curtis, that with when USC recruits, when the recruits find out Clay is coming back, we knew that they would get a bump. There would be a bump in recruiting. And, you know, Colin talked about that. We wrote stuff like that in the war room that, you know, at least the recruits know, hey, he's going to be here. And so that, you know, it'll help. Um, it wouldn't help as much as getting a more qualified coach in there, but it certainly would help. Uh, I think Clay is a good recruiter. I don't know about the, your blanket statement that all the recruits love Clay. It's not like when when they find out Clay's not going to be fired again that people are going to be lining up. It's going to be you know it'll be there'll be a bump, but I think you're being a little optimistic about they love him as long as they're stable. Everyone's going to come running to USC because it's USC. I mean, if they love them that much, they they wouldn't have been, you know, staying away at this point. That's the problem, though, Curtis, is you've been you've been in purgatory. This is going to be if Clay stays a, a third year in a row. Um, and that's not, you know, talking about the the five and seven season and not making a change. You put this whole season in 2019 in this limbo status where you're just waiting for Clay to get fired. Well, you bring him back. Again, like on, you know, on life support, it's going to be even worse waiting for him to get fired. So the next class isn't going to be good either until you make a move. Now, if you're Mike Bone, it's a tough spot because you don't have a whole lot of time where if you bring him back and like Colin said, you get pumped by Alabama and you lose to like Utah and Oregon on the road and you want to make a move, you can make a move and you'd have more time to set things up and, and do things the way you want to do it. I, you know, you don't envy uh, Mike Bone in the position he's in, but I, I don't think USC can afford to bring Clay back. It's just going to be a freaking nightmare as far as another year. Like this was a year that was just like a throwaway year. It was eight and four, um, just kind of blah, you know, and you, you go to the Holly Bowl or something. It's, it just was a throwaway year for, you know, you had a lot of really good talent on this team. And next year, still be pretty good, but it's going to be just going to drop off a little bit. USC's not going to have the number four roster like they've had the last two years. And this recruiting class is not going to be as good. Um, they might get some transfers to kind of help out that are just you know temporary fixes. But this is a trend in the wrong direction. And what USC relies on most is usually talent, and talent's not going to be as good in 2020 as it was 2019. Coaching, maybe it gets better. Maybe he makes some changes. Um 
on the staff. But like as Colin pointed out, it might be harder to hire. You know, it was probably harder, you know, hard to hire last year coming off five and seven. No one thought Clay was going to stick around. Well, he sticks around again. He stays alive. Now what? Like, is it, you're really on the, I mean, I don't know like how you, the seat would have got hotter, but it's going to be even hotter because you know, you open with Alabama, like you're going to be and one on the hot seat. Um, probably getting blown out by Alabama. What does that tell you? Like that's, that doesn't set the, you know, I think for Clay Elton to get some momentum in one of these sort of uh, purgatory years, like this past year, USC started three and three. There was no, pretty much no recovering from that. Maybe if they went six and zero, oh, but you can't get blown out by Oregon and like, oh, you feel better about it. No, even winning five of the last six, you got blown out by Oregon. You were already three and three. You're eight and four. You didn't win the South. Um, most likely. Uh, but the, you know, that's, and I think you're going to start off with a blowout lost Alabama. It's going to be really hard to recover from that. Even if you go 11 and one, like, I, I mean, and that's not going to happen. It's just, it's tough. So Curtis, I just don't think USC can afford to have a whole nother year. That's exactly like this year. Um, that go, you go from eight and four to like nine and three and you feel much better. I, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, let's see. This is CJ in Philly. What's up, good SC fam? This question's for Ryan, uh, Shotgun, and Keeley. Sorry, it's just me right now, but I'll, I'll do my best. With all the news about Helton being retained, uh, what would happen aesthetically for the new athletic director and president if they retain Helton in years, uh, and next year's season goes poorly? It's smiles and happiness right now. I don't see fans taking a bad 2020 season well at all. Thoughts? CJ from Philly, originally from LA, fight on. I don't know about smiles and happiness right now. I'm not seeing any of that, CJ. Um, yeah, that, that's the point. I don't know what – it's going to be worse. Um, fans aren't happy now. They're apathetic. They're turning away. I have so many people tell me, and you know, maybe not all of it's true, but they've said so many times that they're not going to be coming to games anymore. They're done donating to the university. Like People are over it. I'm not seeing the sunshine and happiness. I'm seeing the doom and gloom. I'm seeing the people that are just upset. And I think you bring them back another year. It's just gonna, it's it's just gonna be worse. I, it's just not gonna get better. Like it can't be a positive move. It's more of a USC was in such a bad spot. Like this is all they can do. And for Mike Bone, it's sort of like he's trying to find out the lesser of a couple of evils. And if he decides bringing Clay back is the lesser of Neil, you know everything else. It's I mean, there's some bad stuff going on. Let's go to Don. Uh, thanks for all your efforts to show the need to replace Clay Helton. I don't know if I'm showing the need. I'm just telling you what I think um, is the best for the program. But he says, most of your staff agrees, although it appears deep down, Keeley wants Helton to stay because he is such a good guy. Mm, no, I don't. I don't know. Keeley's pretty clear, too. That USC needs to move on. That you know, Everyone's being objective about this. Doesn't, you know, we don't hate Clay Helton. We like Clay Helton. But if you're talking about what's best for the USC football program, all of us are in agreement. You have to move on. Uh, if USC loses to Colorado, uh, I'm sorry, if Utah loses to Colorado, does Helton automatically become a good coach since SC would win the South? That appears to be the thinking of many people. Fight under victory if Helton goes, everyone wins. USC with a better coach and Helton winning the buyout lottery, Don. No, I don't think he's a better coach if uh, <laughs> if Utah loses. They're, like I said, they're a 28 and a half point underdog. I mean, uh, favorite. I don't think that's going to happen, but you know who knows? By the time you listen to this, maybe that's already happened. This one's from Jackson. Uh, I don't know. I'm don't if bone does nothing. I, I'm not sure what you mean. This is Jackson FF, uh, SF. Thanks for your podcast. I'm not from Marino Valley else. I would be a Helton fan. I used to be USC's biggest fan. I remember being so excited when Chris Claiborne committed to USC. I don't care anymore. 
I'm embarrassed to wear my SC gear. I won't spend another dollar. I won't donate a dime to this university. I am tired of listening to Mike Bone talk about national titles. This is a lie if he keeps Helton. A lie. Clay lost 11 games in the past two years. He has a 66% winning percentage after 51 games, like Larry Smith's, Larry Smith's percentage. My dead grandmother, grandmother could win 60% of her games with our talent. Our recruiting won't get better by keeping him. What top DC will come? Also, please tell Bruce Feldman to stop the Clay Helton is wonderful articles. Jackson. Um, hey, Jackson. So, no, I don't think Bruce was saying that Clay Helton's wonderful. He's saying what he's hearing is USC is going to keep him. And there's some positive, you know, there's positives with Clay and there's negatives with Clay. I think you guys are familiar with both. Bruce wasn't saying all the positives and saying you should keep that. Now, some of the announcers on the broadcast are saying that. Bruce wasn't giving you that opinion. Yeah, Bruce thinks that for USC to win, they have to move on. He's telling you what he's hearing. Uh, Colin's saying the same thing. He's hearing that Clay's going to stay, but he says USC should move on. So I, I don't know what to tell you. Frank at Sacramento, he says, need to crush opponents again. My daughter attended every home game at USC from September of 2003 through December of 2005. She did not know that they lit the torch at the Coliseum at the end of the, at, at the, end of the third quarter or the start of the fourth quarter until her senior year in 2006. This is because the Trojans crushed everyone. The games were over at halftime, and she and her buddies were back partying on the row by mid-quarter. Those were the days, Frank and Sacramento. Yeah, there's a lot of positives to crushing people, not just that you feel like you're a good team, um, but I think you have a pretty good idea when you're crushing a lot of people. Like, look at Ohio State this year. They don't have a lot of great wins. Uh, they're going to get a chance this weekend to beat Michigan, but they're crushing people, like crushing them. You feel good about it. And you know what happens when you crush people? You get to play everybody else, too. So when you take a uh, Arizona State team to the you know final minutes uh, with their backup quarterback, that doesn't really help your team. Not that doesn't you know it doesn't show um, you know that it doesn't show you're a dominant program, but also you don't get to play those other guys. Ooh, Randy and Redlands. This is long. He says, "Hey guys, it's been a long time since I've written in, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Before I get to those reasons, I would like to tell you I'm a longtime listener to the podcast and subscriber of the website. Well, thank you for that." I really do appreciate all the content and reporting. That having been said, I really feel you have been set on an agenda to have Clay Helton fired. I know you say you're just reporting facts, but to me, you're trying to force your beliefs and point of view down everybody's throat. Everybody has a right to their opinion, and that's fine. But when you start accusing people of being drunk or smoking something because their views differ from yours, you have gone too far. I think you owe Curtis and Paul an apology. I actually, uh, I did apologize actually on that episode. Um, the same thing happened the other night on tunnel vision when a caller said, uh, things would be better if everyone got behind the team to help quiet, uh, to help quiet the noise that's affecting recruiting. It seems like every time someone has a different view, Ryan goes on a rant and belittles them and their point of view. I'm not sure you realize how much power you really have and how much you can affect the perception of the program. I do think a lot of negativity around the program can be attributed back to you. Wow. You think I'd have a lot of power. I wouldn't want you to stop reporting or giving your opinions, but you need to respect everyone's opinions and explore all points of view and keep the podcast from just being an extension of Twitter. Sadly, because of this, I'm no longer a subscriber. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that, Randy. It's just my small way of protesting. I still believe you're the best platform for fans to follow USC football. Remember, we follow the podcast because we love USC football. It doesn't need to always be so negative and snarky. Please consider my opinions. I will probably rejoin as soon as I get over it. Thanks for letting me vet. Fight on, Randy from Redlands. Of course, Randy, we love to let you vent and thank you for your point of view. And yes, I can be, you know, Keely tells me all the time I can be overly snarky. You don't subscribe. 
because you hate USC football. You subscribe because you love it. We love covering it. We love when the team is good. It's so frustrating, though, when you see the most obvious decisions not being made. And really, the advantages that USC has, it's like you have to try to screw it up. You have to. And the the administration, the kind of hires that have been made, it's just so bad. And like Colin said, what is he going to say? It's obvious. It's obvious this isn't working. It's obvious that that's not the right way to go. Clay is a great man. He's a nice man. Like him a lot. But he's, you know, he's had so many opportunities to make this a winning program. And you can't set the bar lower and then feel like, hey, we accomplished something. This, the Pac-12 was so bad this year, it was ripe for the picking. USC beat Utah with a third-string quarterback and still couldn't win the South. It, there's just so many things wrong. Um, Randy, I think I feel like if I'm not telling you that, people aren't going to take me seriously. Um, I don't want to, you know, points about that, like, hey, this is a terrible take. Yeah, sometimes I go off on rants. And I you know, I apologize for that. I want, you know, Curtis called back in, actually called back in a few times, but I wanted to play one of his voicemails and and address all those things. So that stuff happens for sure. But it's so blatantly obvious what needs to happen. It was obvious last year. It's obvious this year. And if USC screws it up again, it's just what, I mean, I don't know what you do. You just kind of scratch your head. And I feel bad because there'll be people that are like yourself that are silently protesting, not against me, but against USC. And it's by, I'm not going to go to games anymore. I might not watch them anymore. Uh, it, those are the kind of things we're hearing from people. I'm not going to give another dollar. There was another you know, emailer that um, you know, Jackson said he's not going to do that. That's what I'm worried about. I don't want that to happen to USC. I don't want USC. Colin said USC wasn't a top five job. I disagree with him. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Like I still think it is. I still think it is a top five job. USC isn't treating it like it is. And I think you start treating yourself a certain way. Other people believe it. And I, I think Colin believes it. Like USC's not acting like they're Alabama or Ohio State or Oklahoma. They're just not acting like it anymore. So why should I think that they are? So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too optimistic about what the ceiling of this program is. It's just there wasn't one before. But USC, the way they've acted the last decade, they've created a ceiling. And is it, you know, it could become reality. So I think that's what the big worry is. But hopefully we get you back, Randy, and hopefully you're still listening. Uh, this is from Dawn. Say it's and so. What will happen if the fan to the fan base if Clay Helton stays? What will happen to the donors who donate mainly for the football program? What will happen to the recruiting classes? Will the transfer portal become overloaded with outgoing players? Will Helton go down as the greatest con man in sports history? Uh, Don, I don't agree with the con man thing. I just, you know, Clay was hired for a job that his resume didn't match. And he's doing his best. He's trying. Um, he's just, you know, he's just not as good of a coach as like an Urban Meyer. He's just not. And that's that's fine. But it's not doesn't mean he's a con man because he's still doing whatever he can to keep his job. I mean, you get a, a great paying job and maybe you're in a little over your head, but you can kind of do some things to to keep it going. Like you probably would do that too. I don't consider him to be a con man. Um, as far as transfer portal, that is going to be interesting. I, we talked about transfers in, but there's always going to be transfers out. And what, how many are we talking here? If, you know, he's Clayton's pretty well liked by a lot of the players, but there's some that don't like certain, you know, there's some politics and stuff going on. I think you could see a bunch of transfers and then, um, 
that's going to be a problem too. So that smaller recruiting class might have to get bigger if a bunch of people transfer out. Uh, so there's, I think you're just you're playing with fire here a little bit by bringing Clay back because I think there's issues that you don't even know exist, uh, and one of them could be a whole bunch of guys transfer, and you got to replace them with recruits. And where are you going to get those recruits because the the class is so bad? Now they're going to flip some guys, and it'll be better. But if you expected like a 16 person class or an 18 person class, and then, you know, eight guys leave and you're like, no crap, now we got to get a bigger class. I think you could be behind the eight ball there. This is Frank uh, from Irvine. He says, I'm 99% sure I'm going to cancel my trip to Dallas next year due to Clay Helton looking more and more likely to stay. Like I said, the conference, I'm sorry, the confidence in Fulton Bone was low two weeks ago and even lower now after reading what's been posted or printed this week. I'm done with this leadership. Yes, done. I know it's been a short time, but this red flag of a situation doesn't need more than five minutes to understand a change is warranted. If President Fulk can let go of Swan uh, and a, a month into the job, then Bone can cut ties with Helton with four years of bad football. I wanted Helton fired after the Bama game in 2016 because I saw what was coming then, but I had to eat crow and shut up because of the Sam Darnold was the lipstick on the pig for this coaching staff. I'm furious. I'm not going to invest more money and time when I care more about the success of this team than the current administration. Keep in mind, I was at our beloved university when we were last in the Pac-10 Pac in 2010, and I still felt better than this crap show. Uh, if anyone is looking for a, a suite next year to watch us get our heads kicked in by Bama, please call the wonderful staff at AT&T Stadium. Uh, regards, Frank M. in Irvine, class of 2000. Four. That's, I mean, that's the thing. And we talked about this with Colin a little bit. If you feel like you care and Colin talked about this, like, Hey, if, if, you know, he's not going to drive his daughter to a, or fly his daughter to a basketball tournament in Colorado. If she doesn't seem like she cares about basketball that much, like that's a pain in the butt. Like fans don't, they feel like they care more about winning than what the administration does. Like if the administration is making decisions based on a lot of things, it doesn't seem to be winning is the number one, you know, and for fans, winning is number one. So it's hard for the fans to say, hey, they care about this as much as I do. Now, there's definitely going to be uh, limitations and things like that, but not to this level, not to the level of hiring that USC's had uh, retreads and familiar faces and people with no experience. Like you, you can't just keep doing that over and over again. Say we're USC. It'll work. Like at some point you have to say, we're going to try to hire someone that's really good at their job. Do that. Um, I think you did that. You know, you could argue with Carol Fult, uh, with Mike Bone. They're at least going in that direction. I, I think Bone came in at a time where it would be difficult to make a change, but certainly doable. And it's just one of those things where you just have to rip the Band-Aid off. So I agree with you there. And, and people are going to, you know, we saw a whole bunch of empty seats at the USC-UCLA game. And that was a team that won USC for the last five. I think next year you're going to see a lot more of the same. Uh, this is from Brennan in Colorado. I'm sure you don't uh, follow much Big Ten football, but do you think if Helton is retained or Urban is not hired, that the state of USC football will turn into a situation that Rutgers is facing? Um, he said, uh, you don't have to read this on the podcast, but a lot of the boosters and fans are giving up their season tickets and gifts and donations because the AD couldn't fin finish a contract with Greg Schiano. Fight on, uh, Brennan in Colorado. Uh, no, I think it's different than Rutgers because Rutgers is, you know, if like say Oregon State was blowing up, you could argue it, it would be like Rutgers. But you can't say that with USC. Um, you know, it would be similar 
if Michigan like had to get rid of Harbaugh, like they get smoked by Ohio State, uh, and then a bunch of people or Harbaugh's coming back, and a bunch of people they're going to give up their season tickets and stuff to to Michigan. Maybe that would be similar because you're talking about traditional powers, but Rutgers is not a traditional power, so uh, th- that analogy doesn't work for me. Uh, let's see. This is uh, no name on this one. It says, sounds like it's a foregone conclusion that Helton will be fired. Therefore, should Helton be retained, does Bone force him to move on from Pendergast or Baxter? Or if they kept or they kept on in order to reduce the payout uh, payoff amounts when the entire staff is turned over? Fight on class of 2008, but the name is missing. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we don't know, obviously, what's going to happen. Would you make more staff changes? Uh, Colin Coward seems to think it's going to be difficult to bring in, like, say, a, a high-priced defensive coordinator because it's another year on the hot seat. It's, I mean, I think it sort of gets exponentially worse when, you know, you're on the hot seat one year, you're five and seven, you're, you know, at the end of the season, you're on the hot seat, you don't get fired. Then you're on the hot seat the next year and you don't win the division and despite having the most talent and you're not fired. And then you come in and the next year you're going to be like, every time you're on the hot seat, just a row and a row and a row. That's, I mean, I think it just makes it a lot more difficult. So yeah, I don't know there. It's uh it's a, it's a rough situation USC is in. Uh, I think there's one solution, and it doesn't appear that USC is going down that road to to have that solution. Um, let's see. We got Frank. This is uh, – oh, wait. This is – Miles and Rams country is next. Colorado State University, not LA Rams. Uh, when you and your staff uh, speak of the recruits wanting stability, do you mean they want Helton fired or are they okay with him returning? Do they simply want to know either way? With the stability of retaining him, get some top prospects back into the fold. Fight on, Miles. Hi, Miles. Yeah, we kind of talked about the beginning of the show a little bit, but certainly um, they needed something. They needed to know if he was going to be your head coach or not. And I don't think you're going to sign if you feel like Helton's on the way out. You could still commit knowing that they're going to get somebody good, but um, for to get the early signing period, you want to know who the coach is going to be. So I think it helps, and they can – kind of use the the way the offense performed as as a selling point uh, going forward. So I think there's some opportunities there. Uh, I don't think you'd get the same kind of bump if uh, you got rid of Clay Helton. As far as the stability goes, it's just really knowing. You don't know who the coach is going to be. And a lot of his people felt that the staff was going to be on the way out. And they didn't perform all that well. And they were three and three. They, it wasn't very exciting. And, uh, and, and like Colin said, there's some staff members that aren't Dynamic recruiters, and uh, all of that, I think, contributes to it. Frank in Sacramento, uh, after reading all the back-and-forth mix and mixed messages regarding Carol Fult and Mike Bone struggling with any decision to hire Urban Meyer, I have these thoughts. One, give the fans and players what they truly deserve in a proven winning coach. Two, do your job as administrators and make sure Meyer doesn't suffer any ethical breaches. This is what managers do. Three, keep Dave Roberts in a role of compliance as a backstop. Frank in Sacramento. Um Hey, Frank. Yeah. So this was back when, so this was a little, you know, before some of the news was breaking that it looks like Clay might be uh, coming back. Um, That was something, it was more like who's going to be the next head coach. Now it's, will there be a next head coach? Um, There's definitely less Urban Meyer talk now, but I think that's still a possibility. People I've talked to still holding a, a candle for Urban Meyer. People even work at USC. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, those are all good points. James of Manhattan beach. Uh, thanks again for being, uh, the rudder to this USC football ship. You keep us on course and committed to the 
goal of competing for championships. Well, thanks. How do you feel about Bones' comments about no sense of urgency on a firm decision with the football program? He went on to say there's no specific deadline as to jeopardize any momentum. Uh, I understand not rushing into things and avoiding emotional decisions, but what momentum is he referring to? I have all the confidence in our new ID, but is this cause for concern? Fight on to victory in a hurry. James from Manhattan Beach. Yeah, James, I mean, I think some of it is just kind of waiting to see what USC's fate is um, as far as, you know, the Pac-12 South. Uh, and with Utah's game coming up on Saturday, would it look bad if if Mike Bone made a move and fired Clay Helton and then USC backs into the Pac-12 championship game? So I kind of felt for the last week or two that if something happens with Clay Helton, it was going to be after um, – the you know be after this weekend it'd be like Sunday doesn't seem like I mean it just doesn't seem like the momentum's going that way unless there's a whole bunch of boosters kind of coming in late and say you know and uh, telling them that's the way they want to go but I, that's the way I felt would happen so it wasn't going to be quick I think most of us thought that it was a done deal that Clay Hilton was going not going to be gone and in you know perfect USC fashion there's a lot of talk that that's not going to be the case so we'll see make sure you check out the war room there's some good stuff in there. Uh, one last thing. Hey, Ryan and crew, Rick from LA, USC band alum. I couldn't be more happy with the USC Trojans, especially Michael Pittman Jr. After hearing the announcers, Brian Greasy and Steve Levy say that Clay Helton deserves another chance. It's blowing my mind. If Mike Bowen doesn't fire Clay and hire Urban Meyer, I'm quitting USC football and watching more Alabama, LSU, and Penn State. I haven't been to a home game in four years since Clay Helton became the coach. I know I missed a lot of great games, even the Rose Bowl. I've been to every USC Rose Bowl game for the past years. I've been saying what everyone is saying about him now for four years, but everyone, including you, has said, uh, but he's a nice guy. Nice guys don't win big games or national championships. Well, nice guys can, actually. Uh, I think, you know, Dabo Swinney's a pretty nice guy. Uh, it's time for a change, and I'm out of here. Fire Helton, hashtag Fire Helton, get rid of the joke. Uh, thanks for all you do. An angry Rick from LA, USC band alum who wants a change to a winning program. P.S. I like your solo podcast, but I think you should bring in Keely to read your questions and, uh, have you answer like your other podcasts. Fight the F on laters, uh, Rick. Uh, thanks Rick. Um, yeah, I'm glad you like the solo podcast. Uh, as far as like the, you know, the, the Helton stuff, I think we've gone over all of this stuff before. Sorry you missed the Rose Bowl. There were some some good games there. Uh, I don't like to see fans when they're just kind of turning off because they don't like a direction of the program. But, you know, it's it's not it's not cheap to go to any of these games. So we understand if you're, you know, you don't want to do it. You don't want to spend your money on that. You'd rather spend it somewhere else. Uh, that's definitely your prerogative. So but I, I feel there's more Ricks out there. Rick gave up a long time ago. But I think they're getting more and more people sort of given up and saying, I'm not going to follow this team anymore. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause I think these are self-inflicted wounds by USC. They don't, it doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to make the fans this irate. Um, but USC seems to be really good at doing that as far as the solo podcast. Yeah. So this is like an example of a solo podcast, um, with Keely. Yeah. Uh, I invited her to do that. She was here earlier, but it's the day after Thanksgiving. She was going to go see her dad and hang out with him. So trying to beat the traffic. So I did invite her to come and stay. And do the questions here. So I wouldn't have to read them all, but uh, that that didn't happen today. But we'll, we'll try to do that in the future. We might. I'm not sure if we're going to do many more solo podcasts because we probably won't have the overflow of questions and I won't have the um, preview shows to do until the bowl game. So, all right, let's wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed our little segment with 
Colin Coward, very nice of him to come along and uh, share his thoughts. On his day off, he just wants to come in and talk some USC football. But I, I was talking to him afterwards, and he loves it. He loves talking about USC football, but he's a national radio host. He can't when USC's irrelevant, and USC's irrelevant, so he can't really talk about it. So he likes to talk about it with me or other people, like on Twitter or whatever. And, you know, he every once in a while, he's like, hey, let me come on the show, and he wants to share his thoughts. So he did that. Hope you enjoyed that. And if you have any questions or concerns, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address. You know all our other contact info, parastylepodcast.com, where you can find all the old episodes. And, of course, uscfootball.com. That's where we put everything up. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to Keely. Thanks to Colin. Thanks to all our emailers and texters and uh, callers. And we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Parastyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.